Yo, this is the Pitbull Bread Ice, and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today, takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries, sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you are a sobro. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going to Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a special interview with another sobro, much like last year. My name is Justin Summers, your host, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to fine podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose, desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have a merch store over at Whatamaneuver.com. Like I said, this is an interview with a Sobro. See, last year, right, right before we got into football season, I sat down with the, none other, the head of Sobro's network, Stoney Keeley. And today, well, I was pretty much right after that interview, I was to, uh, recommended to bring on Sobro Mose, John Mosley. And well, one year later, here we are. Mose, how's it going? Good, man. Good. Uh, very happy to be on. Um, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's really weird time because it's like uh, re- like wrestling starting to come back little by little mm-hmm. uh, for the first time. Well, as, as we're recording this, this is before AIW and Indy. Uh, I assure you we're open, but this will be coming out definitely <laughs> afterwards. Uh, so we have like wrestling's kind of like kicking off a little bit again. Of course, two couple weeks ago, I went to Black Label Pro and then... We have football season coming up, and I don't know about you, this preseasonless football season feels so weird because I'm not, I can't get hyped for anything. No, I haven't let myself. This is a big, a big thing on one of our shows with Stoney. It's every week he brings that passion of like, we're a week closer to football, to Titans football. And I'm just like, I'm not letting myself feel it, man. I feel like it, I haven't seen it. You're saying no preseason. It just feels. I'm afraid we're not going to get it. We're going to get a weekend and things are going to fall apart. So yeah, I've, I've, I'm a huge college football fan and I haven't, I mean, technically we're roughly a week or and some change away from that starting up. Um, so I haven't let myself feel that either. It's weird. You said it weird times. Yeah. I don't, the, the fact that like, I mean, there's not even like a hall of fame game. And then for me, cause I'm, yeah, I'm in that, I'm in that area. Hall of fame weekend is huge. Like, oh, yeah, that's a whole big thing. And then like, there's a, you know, a parade that weekend down in Canton and there's obviously the festivities of the game and the, the enshrinement ceremony. And now concerts were added to it last year that I could go either here nor there with it. Cause I kind of don't care. I'm more about the football and like getting the season started. But like we, I knew like that was one of the first things that was going to be taken away. And then I thought at one point they were like, all right, we're not going to have the first two weeks of preseason, but we'll have the, the last two weeks. And then somewhere uh, they took away those games, too. And I was like, oh, shit, like it, 
And it's really weird because I don't know about you. I have a rule with fantasy football. I will not set my own drafts. Like if I'm in charge of a league, I will not set the drafts until after the last preseason game. So it's basically Labor Day weekend, which is I think it's perfect because you have that's a three day weekend for most people. You can fit a lot of stuff in. And like people have like all these teams have played and they have cut players. I've had too many times where I've drafted somebody one week because it's like, week two or week three and here comes the next week and all like somebody gets cut or whatever like i had to think at back-to-back weeks this was years ago especially with the names i'm going to mention like one mm-hmm. week was billy cundiff my yeah. my kicker that i picked he was cut in the middle of preseason and then the next week uh the wide receiver that i had picked the weekend before chad o- ocho cinco and i'm like this is why i don't do him in the in the middle of preseason <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've always, I I usually have a couple. I, I always do one super early just because I'm so excited about it. And then there is the the more important leagues are closer to the to Labor Day and knowing where we're going to be and all that. But I haven't I haven't done a single draft yet, man. As of this recording, I've done one. By the time this comes out, I'm, I think I'm going to be all finished. But the the one that I did, and like I don't know about you. This really reminded me of why I don't like doing it like this. It was a live draft it in like a 10 person league with 16 rounds. Right. Okay. It, with getting everybody there and situated and things passed out. It literally took five hours. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, and they decided to play a game, which like, I, I don't mind drinking, but there's times I'm like, all right, I'm like, we're playing fantasy football. This is gambling. This is money. Mm-hmm. I don't want to drink. And they were playing this game of like, oh, every time a Brown gets drafted, like, well, we'll take a shot and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, you guys have fun with that because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying to get drunk and, and gamble my money away and draft a shitty fucking team. Are you serious? <laughs> That's a bold strategy, man. I, I, I can't wait to see how that played out for a couple of your boys. Oh, like. I think most of the people, like, when they got a little drunk, but they were able to handle it. But there was one dude that, like, the last, I don't know how many rounds, he was pretty drunk. And they had, like, another rule because (laughs) the thing that I like about online drafts is the fact, like, everything's organized. um, Everything's, like, you can, uh, all these stats you can look at and all this kind of stuff. Like, and you can tell, like, how well they're going to do within your league. And, like, we just had a paper. And a lot of people were going by this paper. So whenever... And like we all had copies, I should say. And when one person would get drafted, it was like, okay, like you have to look like where are they on this list? And actually we had two lists. Like one was divided up by position and the other one like an overall list. Overall, right. Yeah. So it's like you're going through like, okay, like where's this person? Like at the beginning, it's really easy because like most people were picking towards the top of the list. So it's really easy to figure out. But as you go on, like picks start to to go everywhere. And you're like, oh, where's this guy on this list? I can't fucking find him. And yeah, who's, where's Amani Toomer? <laughs> So the the second part of it was the whole drinking game was if someone gets drafted who's already been drafted, you take a shot. Oh, no. And with the chaos of drinking and everything, I'm like, yeah, that's why people went went like that, like about getting so drunk and like missing stuff. But the, there's one dude who got really bad the last couple of rounds. Like it was like, hey, it's your pick. And it was just like gibberish. It's like, yeah, we're going to draft you the best we can do. <laughs> <laughs> Man. No, I've not ever been around anything that rough. I've been around a couple live ones where the, it does by the, the last couple rounds. It's um, kind of more let's get this done irritated. But that that is a uh, that's a whale of a tail, my man. 
I think the only other live experience I had, it's this is really weird. I drafted in a league for two of my friends, and I wasn't in that league. Well, they both couldn't make it to the draft. So I'm, I have to make these picks like eight and both, like both teams aren't for me. And the fact yeah. of like, I'm trying to keep everything squared away. And that's why I'm like, I just rather do online. We're now to a yeah. point where like, at least I, I use Yahoo. I don't know about you, but like, that's like, yep. That's like the Yahoo only, ESPN. I'm not big on, I've never used ESPN. I used to love NFL network, but yes. It, is it weird that, the only thing good for Yahoo right now is fantasy sports. Like other than that, like it's yeah, just, it's I like, totally agree. it's like this dying, uh, company and everything. Like, I don't know. It's just, uh, they're the, <laughs> they're the TNA of search engines. Well, yeah, I, I have, uh, at every laptop since I've been, I don't know, probably like 15 or 16, there's been a Yahoo fantasy football tab for the very reason you just mentioned. I, I've been in, I think, yeah, it's almost, all, nah, maybe not the first year. I think it was like the second or third year I was doing fantasy, which was late, later for me, which I think I started, we started our first league in 2010. Okay. I want to say 2000, no, maybe, two, I don't know about you. Sometimes when you get older, like just years blend together. It was like 2000. <laughs> yeah, no, big time. 2009 or 2010, somewhere around there. I want to say it was, the first one was 2010, a really small league, but other like after that like i've always done a yahoo league and now like i'm like i can draft on my ipad why are we doing why are we doing this live like yeah yeah i i don't think i've done a live one like that since i was in college back in like bro we're talking probably around that time to be honest probably like 08 09 somewhere in there was the last one i've done a live since then it's always been online that's i don't know it's definitely like everybody in that league i'm in they're like older and i mean older mm-hmm. as in like they're i think the oldest might be might be mid 40s mid to late 40s if that like it's like it's older than me but not like super super fucking crazy yeah yeah no yeah there's that there's a little bit of age but y'all can y'all can talk about the same shit yeah how do you think uh your titans are gonna do this year i'm pretty uh, i'm i'm a little i don't want to say nervous uh i'm interested in the offensive line but with how everything has played out with Tannehill, with henry I like where we went with the draft, um, especially with that first round going the way it did, or in the second round, I should say. So, yeah, I think playoffs for sure. Do I think AFC title? I don't know if I can ever predict that because you just there's something about there's something special about getting that energy in the playoffs that they had uh, last year. So uh, I won't go that far, but I do. I think playoffs are very fair, very very uh, manageable. They made it to the AFC Championship game because I picked against them all the way through it. That's what we, that's what we figured out. <laughs> yeah, so just do that. Just keep picking against them, and uh, maybe we can get there next year. Maybe get through Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, like like I wasn't like picking against them to be mean. I think it was just I no, thought yeah, yeah. I thought some of those other teams were better, and like I forget how some of the games played out, but obviously it it went a whole different direction. And when they were looking like they were going to beat the chiefs. It's like, all right, you know, here they go. They're going to, they're going to prove me wrong. <laughs> and then Patrick Holmes is like, Nope, Nope, <laughs> not going to let no. him do that shit. It, uh, I, I, no, I, I totally agree. I thought, uh, it, we, the first playoff game against the, uh, the Patriots, I thought probably going to lose this game, but I thought it'd be close. And, uh, I was at a wrestling show that night and the first play I saw was the, the end, the Logan Ryan pick six to seal it up for sure. Uh, I, I thought that they could keep it close, but I thought they might lose close to the Ravens, and that's a rivalry. I just hate the Ravens, so that happened. 
and I did. I thought Mahomes. I honestly thought Mahomes and the Chiefs by ten. And uh, and I even with that lead, I kept thinking like this kid is so good at quarterback. He's gonna make a couple of plays. And then I uh, we just recently went back and watched the AFC title again. And, and man, watching watching that Mahomes run again, it just it sinks me. Uh, every you know, even with the time elapsed, it still it got me. It hurt. I can't even imagine like sitting down watching their whole playoff run because I don't know the exact stat for it, but I don't know if any team has been losing with with that much time in all these games combined and still yeah. won, the, and won the Super Bowl. It's insane. Yeah, that's a great. I would very, be very interested in seeing that 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 number because I agree. I thought it really did. I, everyone, I'll never forget it. Uh, you know, they're up double digits. Dennis Kelly catches the touchdown. Uh, people on Twitter just like, the Titans are really going to do this. And I just kept thinking, man, like, you know, there could be, this could be a two-touchdown game with a minute left, and I'm going to be like, just give, you know, let me get to triple zeros. Let's not. Yeah. So, so yeah, I did. I, was, I wasn't shocked. And I, I think coming in next year, you know, it's a big deal with Christian Fulton. Uh, that's, that'll be a great addition if they do play Mahomes. But it's still, it's Patrick Mahomes, man. I don't I don't know what it is with with the NFL right now. It's it's kind of like what you said of like trying to like get into everything. Like I have no expectations for the right. Browns. Yep. And I I echo with what you said, but it's it's more of my curse of being a Cleveland fan because I've mm. seen so many like close calls where we almost mm. had something. And granted, I was born the year of uh I can't remember if it was the fumble or the drive. One of them was 86. And then the, uh, what the other one that happened a couple years later after that. Yeah. So there's this, these moments in our history, even going back then where it was like, we were really close and then something happens and we fucked it up. But I was around for the 95 world series the 97 world series, the 2016 world series, which oh, was, which was yeah. a huge one because, and I've mentioned this to people, but I'll, I'll probably just always state it because it, to me it was, it's so true when we won the NBA championship, like yes. that was the greatest moment I have ever had as a sports fan. I I had on Money in the Bank on one TV, on which I think was like that one was might have been my old. No, the the game was on my old TV. The uh, my regular TV, my newer TV at that time had on the game, and I was watching back and forth between that and Money in the Bank of like going back and forth of like okay, what's going on? What's going on? Mm. And then it got down to that that final final moments, and we. Actually, you know, we pulled off this coming behind back from down three to one. And when I saw that in the World Series, I was like, we had this happen to us. Like we came back from this until we get to the last inning of the final game and we've won. I'm not celebrating nothing, but I want to say it was like a Halloween weekend when we when we won the third game and people were around this downtown area like celebrated and my uh fiance's cousin he was like yeah we're gonna win the world series and i'm like mm, yeah, we still got one more game and until we win that game i'm not saying shit Mm-mm. so no, i uh that it's that the, the calves I, for, i've never I, i'm nowhere near a clevelander um i'm born and raised tennessee but i there's a cleveland tennessee I, I've been there. Well, but, yeah, I've, no, I've been to that one, but that's because of LeBron James. Cleveland's always been one of those second sports cities that I I've rooted for. I got into him. I watched him in high school. I I mean, I lived and died um, with LeBron James. I still do to an extent. I, I mean, the older I get, it's not 
you know, it's not as as living and dying. But man, uh, up and through uh, that title when you said that for me, as weird as it is, that's probably the best that my favorite sports moment as well. Man, I cried. I was, you know, I was so locked into that series. I, I was upset the previous year, right, where um, where Kevin Love gets hurt against the Celtics uh-huh. and Kyrie gets hurt in that game against the Warriors in the finals. So. I mean, I, I you know I went back to that and like the pain of that. So I, I was with you, man. Like that moment for me as a sports fan, like for never living, uh, you know, in Cleveland, Ohio, a day in my life. That's probably number one for me. I mean, no bullshit. I to this day, man, LeBron's my guy. I'll fight to the grave for LeBron James. <laughs> for some of us in Northeast Ohio, it's it's a very twisted path with LeBron James. Like when he, I, I mean, I remember when he was in high school, uh, St. Vincent, St. Mary, like he, he was, yep. a, he mm-hmm. was a huge name around here and to like get tickets to some of those games was nearly impossible. But when like we got him drafted, like when that whole, like when like yeah. everything like fell, it was, it's, it's almost like a fairy tale. And it was like, oh my God, like we got a guy from our backyard. This is amazing. He's going to, he, like, he's going to win help when it's a championship. And I do want to say he said like either the night he got drafted or right around the time he got drafted, he said that he was going to win a championship for Cleveland. And and then we went that whole first run with one finals appearance with zero wins. And there was a lot of heartache. So when he left to Miami, I'll openly admit, I was like, all right, fuck you. Like you said, you were going to win the championship and you didn't come through with it. Then four years later, he comes back and I was like, okay, I like, I, I like this, but like prove it show me what you can do. And within that first year, at least, at least getting us to the finals, I was like, all right, you, you, you showed me a lot. So I'm, I'm, I'm here now. So that whole like other season, like getting into all what was going on and everything. And like it, I don't know, being down three to one against the team that beat you last year yes. with on top of like the season they had that year, the golden state For warriors, real? it was like, Oh and my the God. season the Cavs had the, the, the ups and downs and all that with yeah. the Cavs that year. So it was like, it just felt like, oh my God, it's another one of those moments. And then I remember where I was for that, that second win. There was a local uh, bar that a friend of mine was running a, basically like a stand-up show where they would do commentary to the game. Like, like, and they were like actual like basketball fans. So like they would have some like really good commentary and like they'd have their own jokes and then in between stuff there would actually be stand-ups that would go on that's cool do like regular set stuff but like when the game was on it was all about that so like i got to be in that environment when we started to make the comeback and like that night felt amazing i mean not as amazing as game seven but it was like oh my god like we got this win when we thought like this was probably going to be it i i know that whole series i remember the the heartache of down three one uh, it's that feeling you said about uh, about the Indians. I, I thought after that win, you know, three two, I go, I don't want to say it, but if they can, if they tie this, they get it to game seven, it, even being on the road, like they can win this. And then I, I, that led over to that. I, I've never, man, I openly anyone that sees me on Twitter, I've never really gave a shit about baseball in my life, but I got into that Indians, the Indians run because of how exciting it was, and because of the Cleveland, you know, the second city love and. And that run of LeBron, you know, all that, I, I got into that and I felt it, man. I uh, I was taking a class at ETSU at the time and my teacher was a big Cubs fan and I wore my, like my Indians hat. I believe <laughs> it was game game one or two. Mm-hmm. And he did, he, he gave me shit for it. He said, uh, 
like I was on my phone keeping up with the game the whole day because it was it was a bullshit lesson. Like it didn't matter. I was watching this game. Like I didn't care. So he he tells me at the end. He goes, "Hey, uh, I docked you this many points today." And I go, "Cool, man." Um, well, as long as the Indians win, I don't really give a shit. And I walked out. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. And uh, again, the the feeling of how happy I was at three one, and then having to go in the day after, you know, how it ended. I was like, "He's this is gonna suck." <laughs> And like not even just that, like we get to game seven, it gets mm-hmm. tied up in the fucking ninth. In the ninth. There's a rain delay, and it's like, what the fuck? And then there's like the tweet that went viral because a dude called it years prior that like like this is how the world world's gonna end and it's gonna be <laughs> the twenty sixteen World Series and the it's gonna be the Cubs against the Indians and there's and the world's gonna end in a tie. It's like, Jesus, that's fucking yeah. nuts. But I'll tell you one thing, because like I'm also a Bears fan. I became right. really sour towards like every Bears friend of mine, or especially like from people from the Chicago area, and even the Bears. Like the rest of that season, I didn't want to root for him. <laughs> no, I feel that. I do. <laughs> I appreciate that hostility. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and even too, like I always used to say, like the Cubs were my National League team. I never bought anything for them, but I felt like. All right, they went through a lot of shit. I can I can really relate to all that. And then when it went down to that World Series, I was like, all right, I no, I can't root for you guys no. now. <laughs> We're not. And then no, we it, lost. It's like, yeah, I'm not even claiming the Cubs anymore. It's just like it's it's Indians or nothing. Yeah, no, yeah, that's I. It was a weird spot uh, again. Don't don't really care about the baseball, but I got super into that Indians run. Uh, my sister-in-law, my wife's sister, uh, her husband is a huge diehard Cubs fan. So that was like a, an awkward like that's been my luck. Every team that I kind of get into, he's he's the opposite team. Like his family's from Pitts, Pennsylvania. So, of course, when the Predators lost to the Penguins, he was a big Penguins fan. So that was hostility for a little while. Like that's just been my run with that series. Oh, is he a Steelers fan? He you know, we've never I don't know if he's a big football guy. He's a bit he's huge baseball. Baseball is his sport. He's big college football. Um, he actually might be a Bears fan. He may be a Pittsburgh fan. It's one of the two. I, I feel like he may have family in Illinois, but we usually talk college football because I'm a big Notre Dame fan, and he usually likes to talk to me about that. I have like a hard time getting into college sports. Like I'll watch it because right. like like a lot of times, especially like if it's football, it's football. I'll sit down and watch football. I don't need to have a vested interest. Maybe I'll have heard of a team or. Yeah. Or like maybe I like the run that they're on. Like I I like the Buckeyes, but like outside of repping the Buckeye stuff, like when I when I used to be over the road just to be like I'm from Ohio, like that like that kind of pride, like I don't it's hard for me to get into him mainly because like I look at uh Baker Mayfield. Uh like I've loved that he's on our team. Mm. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks we've had in a very long time, but there were people that when obviously when he played for Oklahoma and he planted the flag in the middle of the horseshoe people got pissed and they're like i i know some sure. people who are still kind of mad at him like well he did that i'm like well it's college sports like you're gonna like yeah you're gonna but you're gonna have people who will play for your team and then next thing you know they're going to play against your rival once they come in the pros and vice versa like i knew people that uh didn't like uh jabril peppers i don't want to say his name was yep. like i mean i right. i liked him as a player and when we drafted him i was like that's kind of the route I wanted them to go, but there are people like, oh, he's from Michigan. I'm like, who cares? He plays for the Browns now. Like, we're paying him. 
Like, I don't, I don't get the, I, I don't get I, that shit. I love that kind of hate though. Uh, no, no, I, I love that kind of hate though because that's what call it. Like that again, I, I, the the Southern SEC football. You know, I, I've always been a little bit of a rebel. Um, I went Notre Dame because I grew up around all that SEC. You know that shit. So, uh, but I, I'm around it enough that I kind of I love the man that like I've got family that are like diehard you know Alabama fans, and you know when no, when they just smacked Notre Dame in the title a decade, however long ago it was, like they really just let me have it, and I it, like I hated them at the same time. I'm like, man, if like I would be on the other side, I would probably be in the same thing. It just there's something about that college football hate that I don't know. It's like. If you don't get it, you don't get it. And the and the only reason I get it again is that's just I don't know, man. Like we love the Titans. I've been a Titan fan, you know, since I was what their initial year. So ninety nine, two thousand. I was nine. I, I um I, I've loved the Titans my whole life. I've rode with them, but uh, you know, since I was probably eleven, it's been college football. That's the the real love. That's still the the probably number one sport is uh, is college football, and then uh, and then NFL slash kind of basketball i really do get into I, i've gotten out of college of basketball the older i get for sure it's just kind of a bummer man i used to really fucking love love me some college basketball i can't even get really much into the the march madness and everything because i mean the only thing that i do i will say that i do love about march madness is i wish we could have more of that in college football as in like oh, yeah the field is so huge that you can have anything can happen yeah and i, I feel like if like some of the recruiting was better at some of these schools, you could potentially have have that where you could have a smaller school, you know, either do a really good run in the football playoffs or, you know, potentially win. But like it's kind of now with it's like it's kind of the same schools over and over again, like, which as much as I like seeing Ohio State get close, but it's still like we're all we're like always in the mix. Obviously, Alabama's always in the mix. There's just there's schools that are just bred better for for yeah. all that and on a side note too like the thing that it's it's crazy about the south and something like as a kid i never understood like that whole southern college uh culture because like i grew up with a lot of obviously you know with the browns like close by the steelers even close by and like there's that that kind of we have a lot of pro sports but how you know there's no there's no pro teams in fucking alabama for real yeah i mean yeah no that's that's a part of it for sure that there's no no pro teams in Bama, uh, you know, Arkansas, uh, even even Tennessee, man, you know, with the Titans, they they are a love team, don't get me wrong, but they're still it's it's VFL, it's Rocky Top Country, it's UT, um, you know, it, it's it is that. And I think it is just for us, it's another thing of like it's community, it's it's another reason for us to fucking party on a Saturday, you know what I mean? Like it's just it's all of that all in one when you I mean, when you make me say like what is college football like to me, it's, I think of family, I think of barbecues and getting up early for game day and doing breakfast with everybody and you're rooting for your teams and shitting on these teams and all that. So, yeah, man, it, it is, though, like but that, that's I mean, my entire life, I'm not joking, like I, I, I the weirdest thing for me for this next few months is the idea of like a Saturday without game day, without college football, like, I don't know, I don't compute, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, and, like, for me, that's that's going to be, like, really easy for me to get used to for, for the year, but, like, I think if you were to flip it, mm -hmm. obviously, if it was like, all right, no NFL season, we're, we're, which I I was curious of what where we would go with this, because 
we saw with, like how all the other mm-hmm. sports just ran when everything happened, which rightfully yep. rightfully so that's what you had to do. But the NFL got really lucky that they were the the one sport that was months upon months out and they can gauge stuff of what they wanted to do and everything. So basically, like when we look in the history books as of right now, all these other sports had like had a some sort of hiccup to where they had to change their season and the NFL's going to go on, like I said, mm-hmm. at this rate, like a norm, like pretty much a normal season. Like you're still going to have week one, two, three, and everything's going to fall in line. And I think on a side note too, like come week one of football, we're still going to have all these sports on at the same time. And that's like Twilight Zone shit. <laughs> no, it, I felt weird. Where was I? Uh, well, we, we, yeah, we went out to, to lunch before a show this past Saturday uh, and they had live college football on. And then, you know, that night it's uh, you're looking across the, the, you know, the platforms and you're seeing there's a UFC event. There's NBA basketball. Oh, and Austin P is playing football on ESPN. You know, like that's how starved uh, everyone is for, for live sports, live football, especially. I'm really curious, like I said, to see where we're going to go. Like I bought a, I just finally bought Madden. I haven't got to put it in yet, but mm-hmm. Like that's gonna be the like the closest thing you're gonna have to like really get to getting to enjoy football, as as no, ever, yeah for real that you yeah, as in like a lot of the the visual aesthetics and the crowd and all that. But other than that, like we're we're gonna have this really <laughs> we're gonna have really weird stadiums. Yeah, weird stadiums, and then again, I, I don't I don't want to be a negative Nelly, but like you know, two three weeks in, if there's an you know some kind of anything with covid it's going to be shut down so fast i'm just you know i'm taking it any football is a good year of football for me in 2020 man (laughs) and it kind of goes back to what we like originally started with like with fantasy football that's where i'm kind of in the air with like a lot of the leagues i'm in for money it's like all right yep what what are we doing with our money like like what if like i mean we haven't seen it happen yet what if they're just like all right we're shutting down the season there is no winner like what are you what are you supposed to do with all this money that you just put you're you're paying like there's a one league that I started this year that we're, yeah. we're like we're just going to do a free league because we don't know what's going to go on like we'll talk about money next year yeah i get that and and i think too you know that that's definitely something to think about it would not be a surprise to have it shut down it's harder with the nfl too a thing for college right if all these different conferences aren't going to play football if you know the sec the acc the big 12 get together and somehow they kind of form a, I don't know, some sort of title game maybe, but it's another when you've got this league of 32 teams, like how many games do we need to kind of get through before it's a fair shake at, okay, these are our playoff teams, you know? Yeah. And then depending on like how, how all that goes too, how is this going to affect drafting for next year? Yep. Like it's. Yeah. And then the draft, the, the you know, is draft. Yeah, it's just going to be really, really weird. But nonetheless, I'm I'm looking forward to game one, having it all kick off, at least getting getting that feel of football. Because for me, that's my number one sport. That's I love it hands down. I I mean, I loved it when we were getting the XFL. I started a couple years back. I started getting the CFL to give myself some more football. And like XFL got canceled and brought back. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, then uh, yeah, we'll C- CFL, last I heard, they weren't going to start their season until right around the same time as the NFL, if at all. That might have changed. Yeah. yeah, so 
just give me like what I'm looking for. Cause I know a lot of people who love baseball, they're all excited for it. And I'm like, yeah, like it's just, I, I obviously like with me, like in the Indians, there's still like a little bit of what of, of me liking baseball, but I look at it as like, that's my first love. I, like that was like my first sport that I watched, but the one that I got really into was, was football. Yeah. No big, big same. It's football. I'm, I'm able, I'm okay right now because my second is after football, I got into basketball, like uh, Allen Iverson, the Sixers, and of course Kobe and the Lakers and all of that. So I'm getting LeBron right now in his NBA playoffs, and I'm really enjoying that. That's why I'm like I'm doing okay right now. Is how I tell Stony when we have those talks about you know uh, college football coming back, NFL. You know, right now I'm like, okay, cool. We'll see what happens with the NBA. Um, but I really do, man. I expect, you know, again, if we get a really cool week one, we may just have to play it out on Madden and see, uh, see what, what we missed out on. That's, that's all at this point. I think what I'm worried about with week one, too, is the fact of we, we have no preseason and we, mm-hmm. see, we see during normal preseason that you'll have people like play, like, you know, here a bit there within weeks one, two and three, a lot of them skip four. And then week one comes and we still have so many injuries that hit within within at least the first two weeks. Now we're having no preseason. Like that first week, it's how many how many people do you think on average or how many yeah. players on average you think could be carted off the field? I feel like it's gonna be at least two. That's a fair question. And and the, that's a much bigger issue. What am I about to say? But the just the gelling and getting that any kind of game, you know, time together. Like, you know, for someone down in Tampa with with Brady and Gronk and all that, that's another reason to kind of circle back to the Titans real quick. That's why I think it, it, hypothetically, if we do have some semblance of a season, the Titans can be pretty well. There's not a ton of turnover there. Uh, you know, quarterback, running back, receivers, uh, you know, Dodrell Casey, which they traded for basically a stick of gum. Um, but yeah, I think the fact that there wasn't a ton of turnover could help Tennessee. I'm still shocked, like the the quarterback situation, uh, having Tannehill be the one to take over the reins because it was kind of like what I told Stony last year. I drove around Nashville like right around that weekend, or within a week or so after um, what's his name got drafted, Mariota, Marcus Mariota. No, um, yeah, it. I liked Marcus Mariota. We wanted him to do well. He just <sighs> he. Not quick enough on a release, jumps the brain right away. He's so so just delayed at times. I hope he does well at the Raiders. I want him to win games. I want him to be the starter. But I used to, man, such an anti-Tannehill guy. I am all for him now. I'm not going to lie. I, I think he could be the guy, no lie. I think the thing about Tannehill was he bounced around from team to team to team, and he just seemed like he was going to be that kind of of football player, that kind of quarterback to where like, yeah, you're not going to be a system guy. You're not going to be this elite guy, but you know, you're going to have, have a couple years on at the end of your career and maybe give some teams a little bit of life or, you know, they're they're looking for whatever. And like, you're just going to bridge the gap until they're able to draft somebody the next season. And then he gets to Tennessee and it's like, Oh, well shit. Maybe we were wrong about, about Tannehill. Yeah, I I laughed when the Dolphins drafted him. I I did not believe at all, but he's done exceptionally well. The team really seems to like him, and that's another thing. He seems to be a hit with the locker room. Um, 
nothing bad of me. Again, he's turned me into a believer. I think, you know, with this core, I do. I think Ryan Tannehill can win a Super Bowl. And if, you know, even a year ago, I don't, I don't think I would have said that. Who would you rather have uh, on your team, Marcus Mariota or uh, Zach Mettenberger? Uh, I would totally have Marcus Mariota. Uh, Zach Mettenberger, it's funny you mention him. He was one when he was in college, I kind of in the back of my head like, man, this guy might do something in the pros. And boy, was that not a good voice to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, just, I pulled up the like the history of the, the Titans quarterback position. Like, oh, obviously, no, obviously, no. Well, obviously, it'll, it goes prior to the Houston Oilers and the Tennessee Oilers. But like looking like just the right. list of Tennessee Titans, I mean, uh, six years like with Steve McNair. Yeah, of course. And then you have the Vince Young era, which I of course. I highly remember. Yeah. And then you have the Cleveland Browns years, because it looks like what we would see with the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> uh, you have Matt Hasselbeck, Jake Locker, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Zach Mettenberger, Charlie Whitehurst. Like, Whitehurst. Like, yep. like that is, imagine like what you had those years. That's like what it's like being a Cleveland fan for the last 20 years. It, it was some lean years. There were years there where it's not, it's very much not the feeling I have now. I thought, man, we're never going to have that guy again. I totally was sold on MM. I thought when they drafted him out of Oregon, this could be the guy. Uh, and again, he, man, he fought his ass off a couple years ago. The Titans, you know, uh, I believe it was Vrabel's first, first year. They could have really been a playoff team. I'm not saying a Super Bowl winning team. I'm saying a playoff team that maybe would have went a, a round or two in uh, based off just how Marcus played. There were just drop passes and losses that weren't on him. That It, it was hard to watch. But again, that was two years ago or a couple years ago now. Comes back this past season and he just – there's real no flow to the offense. He's it just – it's not working. And, uh, and Tannehill comes in and that's the thing. I know Derrick Henry Tannehill, that was a big discussion of who gets paid and whatnot. Thankfully, both were taken care of. But, you know, uh, the wins changed. Derrick Henry was already playing, and I love Derrick Henry. But the wins started adding up, and and we started to really get something going on offense when Tannehill went in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, even how you would felt about a, a player going in, like, if they're producing wins – it's, yeah. it's it's really hard to go against that because I think if I going into this season, I think I'm our last season, I might have made a comment to Stoney about like, you know, Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota and all this kind of stuff. And then it turned out to where, you know, Mariota got replaced and the the streak that you guys went on was insane. Yeah, it, for me, I, I pinpoint the moment when I became a Tannehill guy. It was the the regular season. The Titans actually beat the Chiefs. And it was uh, the Chiefs were up late. Tannehill makes a deep throw. Uh, Titans end up winning. And I remember thinking in that moment, I, I thought, like, I was wrong. Like, this, he might be the guy. This this might be that moment. And until he proves me wrong, uh, any, you know, any doubt I have, I go back to that. And I go, no, he's he's got the juice. So outside of football, we have professional wrestling. That's right. And, like, over the past couple of years, you've gotten more and more involved in professional wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I really got it. It's been three years for sure uh, that I had any, you know, any any kind of help or or anything with wrestling. 
it would have been like exactly almost three years ago, bro. Like I'm talking like June, July of 2017. What happened then? Uh, I graduated from ETSU and I really didn't know I went there to do film. Uh, I helped, you know, I did a couple short films. One actually made in a film festival and I got to see it on a big screen. So that was like a, you know, a life kind of hack or life goal check mark thing. Um, I helped with the radio station. I helped with the TV, you know, the, the kind of the news, if you will, program on Fridays. I helped with that. So uh, I came out of that with just I didn't have anything to put all that energy in. And I reached out to a, a buddy of mine that I actually went to high school with who run who run he ran a promotion. He still does. He runs a promotion uh, in Crossville, Tennessee. And I just I happened to I saw a flyer of his and a couple of the talent I just kind of stuck out to me on it. And I, I really at this point, too, I'm not really a huge wrestling fan. I'd gotten out of it and then I'd, I'd probably gotten back into wrestling maybe like end of 2016. Um, so I'd, I'd kind of gotten back into wrestling. It was just, hey, this, these guys kind of look interesting. Uh, could I maybe come and interview you? It was basically my thing. I was starting a, a podcast, Shocker, right? Um, <laughs> That was my senior project, actually. I, I did a wrestling podcast um, for my senior project at ETSU. Uh, and then I just kind of – I was doing it for fun, and he just happened to – you know, I, I said, I wish I could film stuff for you guys. You know, like I, I don't have anything to really have an outlet for that now. And <clears throat> Caleb was like, dude, do whatever you want to do. Like we don't really have that ability right now. So I – I just by myself, I started filming and did commentary like with no, you know, no coaching, nothing other than just watching as a fan. And, and it wasn't good. You know, it's not good commentary. I go back and listen now and it just, it, it's just it's it's a good I'm glad I did it now, though, because, man, I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot and not a lot of people have seen that. I think only three, I think two or three shows are on High Spots, the High Spots Network, uh, Resolute Wrestling that I do commentary on. I filmed and edited. Um it was cool though, man. I, I got to meet you know a lot of cool people that I'm still friends with. But that's that's how I got my foot in. I got my foot in at Resolute Wrestling, uh, and then I linked up with Stony, and it all kind of just things opened up and and you know right place, right time kind of shit. You know, like I remember hearing the story about like how the Sobros became entangled with like the the Nashville wrestling scene, like with Southern Underground Pro and with. Um, the big Chattanooga tournament. SCI. SCI. Yep. I eventually, and I say it every year, but I have an excuse this year why I didn't go, but uh, <laughs> I'm eventually going to make it down there. Like that's going to, that's going to yeah, be a, a like, it's kind of a bucket list thing for me. Uh, and that when it comes to wrestling stuff, I'm really running low because like I've been to WrestleMania. I've met like a lot of my favorite wrestlers and it's to the point where I don't know what I want to do, but I know like that, that's one of the things I really, really want to do is go down there yes. for that. But it's just planning and all that. And obviously when this year went to shit, because the thing that, that I always throw back to you guys is like, all right, uh, if I'm coming to SCI, you guys are coming to JLIT because that's oh, our, yeah, dude. that's our SCI. Yeah, I, I would. That's the thing, to, uh, you know, it's kind of that I'm, I'm having to feel it next weekend. I really want to go to those shows next weekend. And it's kind of that sucky thing about kind of uh you know being a part of it now and doing having more bookings is on places you know it's really cool being booked and being a part of it uh it's it's that give and take though like 
I, I want to do, I mean, I would love to be up there this weekend that's coming up and, um, and do all that. I, I, it's especially the AI dub shit. I've only seen AI dub mania weekend. I've not been able to be, you know, in Ohio and that's a bucket list thing for me. I think if you, yeah, if you guys were to come, come up here for a show, Jayla is probably the best because that's three shows within two days. Oh. And, and Hell it's yeah. it's really a signature thing now, like to go to a show at the Odeon, just because yes. like the vibe that like that whole that whole place gives off. And if I'm going to compare it to anything, it's probably what I felt that first time I walked into the basement East. Like, yeah, for sure. That I, I think about. I mean, just off gifts and shows I've watched that that look at that is the AI dub basement east um i would 100 percent agree with that man and I, I i that's for sure one place that i want to go and just experience i'll still never forget walking into the basement east as doors like as like not doors open but as in like the doors were being opened to put the ring in so i yeah. got like i got to see this mental well, i got to see it so it's, it's still in my head so that's the mental picture but like no ring no like no nothing and then like watch it being built but still like being able to walk around that place and go like like I see everything. Like I've 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 been here a million times, but never physically. It's just like being a part of wrestling and memorizing a lot of like the stuff around that room. And it was like it was it was surreal to me for me just to to do that type of thing. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's I've been there the same. It's you know being there before the rings up when it's up and then it's gone. It's it's a weird feeling at this point. Now I try to. I literally I try to get out of there before it's the ring is completely taken down and out just because like I don't know it feels like such a uh, a finish even though I know it's not it's one of those I look back on now and I'm like you know it, it, you said it's such it's such a thing to be in that venue for that show it's such a um you can't explain it you know what was the show like uh the one right before everything happened the one right before uh, was it stay cold? Is that or was there one? No, was there one after? Which which? Uh, I mean the one, uh, the one that had to be moved because the tornado. Because the tornado. Oh, and- sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, what was everything like before? Man, it was that was nuts, man. It's one of those. This it feels like such a long time. It feels like that could have been a year ago in itself. Um, it was nuts, man. It goes, you know, that whole week building up to the, the last sub show at this moment until the collective. It's. We're, you know, there's not going to be a show. There's, there is going to be a show. There's not. We don't know. I think I remember talking to someone Wednesday or Thursday night, and it's just kind of like, man, you know, we're going to do, we'll, we're going to try. We think, and then it became official, and we get there. It was, it's one of the most, uh, it's one of the craziest weeks, at least that I can think of. The one that I can think of that comes close to that is the, uh, the week. Um, before GCW was at um, the basement East the first time yeah. when they when, when Brett Eisen wasn't announced, wasn't on the show. And that was a really hectic kind of week. Those are the and but that's the thing about Sup, man. It's really the beauty in it. It's such a it's such a it's such a heartbreaker to look back on what happened with everything. But it goes back to you look at the history of Sup and some of their you know, th- that's in their blood of, of being handed this hand and this awful shit and then them bouncing back like one of the best shows they've they ever had you know the entire basically card was rebuilt the night before um and it, it's it's i think it's achy breaky heart um, yeah achy breaky heart i was it, trying to remember what right. it was but yeah that's what yeah, exactly what it was it's it's just that's what sub does man they get handed 
you know, shitty lemons and they make very good lemonade somehow. Well, it, it was that show too. And I think like, when you really put it in perspective, like how crazy it is, Achy Breaky Heart was the debut, what, what ended up being the debut of Marco Stunt. Yeah. And if I'm correct, he, like he was just like a lot of other wrestlers. He just showed up. Showed up. Yeah. And helped set up the ring. Um, Marco's one of the real, real ones, man. That's why anytime you see someone get signed and you just see, you know, a, a lot of people that know him really happy. And Marco's one of those that tells you how genuine he is. And that's, you know, I've, I know Marco, I've been blessed to hang out with him outside of wrestling and I have nothing but great things to say about Marco Stuntman. Same thing. I, I, I fucked with a friend recently. Oh, well, I should say it was his son who was just like, he, he was talking like all this shit about Marco and I, oh. pull, and I pulled up Marco's contact on my phone. I'm like, you want me to call him and you can tell him? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I interviewed him like before he signed to AEW before it was actually when he was injured, like after uh, the whole thing with GCW, yeah. and it was just like, oh yep. shit, no, no shit. But I mean, I wasn't yep. gonna, even if I wasn't still going, I'm not going to bug fuck a Marco. But um, <laughs> it's still just like, like he's like definitely one of those dudes that I put up there, and I'm so proud of him. But I got a, like a gif on my phone because like the fact that he also got to be booked in AIW because like yeah. as soon as I had seen him on Southern Underground Pro, I pushed for it. But I felt like, ah, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. So he gets ends up getting booked for uh, J-Lit last year. And there's this one moment with, uh, with his match with Tim Donst where he walks right over to me and fist bumps me. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't put my fist out. Like, he just walks over to me. And, like, I think it was just, it to me, it was this moment of, like, I'm here. This is fucking awesome. Like, we, we probably both never thought this would happen, but dude, like this is fucking awesome. And like, I just have that on, like on my phone. Cause I think that's cool as fucking shit. No. Yeah. That's Marco though. He's, he's, uh, he doesn't forget where he's from, man. He knows he appreciates. Uh, I can't remember the last time I saw him. It was definitely, God, it's been, it was after the, he definitely, after he debuted, it's been within the last few months and he was the same old Marco bro. Gave me a big hug and just, you know, uh, asked how I was doing and all this. And I'm like, fuck what I'm doing, bro. How, what have you, tell me <laughs> yeah. some funny shit that you've seen. So yeah, I, I shout out Marco stunt and, uh, and I can't, I'm, I'm so happy. I'm just so happy for him and, and the stunts as a whole, bro. There's a lot of great, cool things going on with wrestling that I love, like whether it be, you know, him getting, getting signed, uh, fucking Eddie Kingston getting signed. Yes. And of course, yep. uh, I forget what was Eddie Kingston's last independent wrestling match. <laughs> Uh, it's funny you ask. Uh, <laughs> as of this recording, the last independent wrestling match for the motherfucking mad king of independent wrestling was Brad Eisen in New Jersey. That's not like I I love that dude. Like, yeah, the interview that I got with Brett a couple years back, I think it was like right after he kind of woke up and like we, we end up having like a really good conversation and shit like me and him hit it off. And then I remember whether it was when I was down there or not. Cause like he had two matches on his list, like his dream opponents. Right. One, one was Nick Gage, which I was down there for. So like that was fucking awesome. And then he talked about how like Eddie Kingston was the next one. And that was like one that I know, like I think Jesse and everybody, they were trying to get, but obviously Eddie Kingston's a very busy man. And like, I don't know why it never happened in Southern underground pro. No big deal. Why it didn't, but you know, sometimes that shit happens. So when he gets the chance at ICW, that's that's just fucking awesome. And I think Brett's a dude that 
I th- I've said so many times, I think he should be more places because he could be a monster on a roster. And yeah, I'd yeah, love to see I mean, it. yeah, he um, he's he's shown that he can do it all. Uh, the thing and, and I know, and, man, I hate to sound I mean, everyone everyone knows how close I am with the guy. I mean, that's there's no one I'm closer to other than probably my wife than Brett Eisen, man. Like I talk to him every day. Um, and to your point about just kind of catching him, I mean, and having a great conversation with him, that's the Brett. Not a lot of people get to see, man. He's a drill. I mean, he's real, he's genuine. And, uh, and the journey of that match, you know, you're saying like we tried to get, we almost had that match, you know, every promotion just about in Tennessee or any surrounding state, man, I was trying to get with, you know, Eddie Kingston, Brett Ison. Um, and yeah, thanks. Shout out ICW, shout out struggles, shout out everybody that helped make this happen because, it showed that on this show of death matches with Eddie Kingston in this moment, Brett can answer that. He's going to answer that bell every fucking time. Um, and and I think I mean I appreciate you saying that because about him being more places. I totally agree. Brett is a guy who I feel gets put in these spots. He gets brought in and put in there with so much great talent and so so many times. Brett's usually losing and that's fine. You know, wrestling is about wins and losses. It's about putting on great performances, but you know, it's nice to, it's nice to hear that someone appreciates that this guy can, man, he could be anything, you know, on your card. He could be mid card. He could be top guy. He could be, you know, he's done everything you can do. Tag team work, man, the guy's done it. And, uh, and he's shown over and over that, you know, let him paint a picture, let him paint this story. You know, his match with Alley Cat, his match with, you know, B-Boy, those, both those matches, uh, there's so much to look at where I just, I don't see it sometimes where people don't just go like, yeah, he's, yeah, you know? God, that Alley Cat match. It's beautiful. The, like, I'll always say, like, one thing that sucks about when I watch Southern Underground Pro, a lot of times I know, I know who's going to win because it's, yeah. obviously it's already happened. And Brett had two matches and that was one of them where I questioned, like, wait a minute. Maybe I don't know the exact ending. Maybe something else happens. It was yeah. Alley Cat and Marco. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Which I thought going into like the Marco match, it was just going to be Brett beating the shit out of him for like 15 seconds, if that. And then boom, like one, two, three, like it was just going to be a complete squash. But they still put in this these uh, moments where you're just like, oh, maybe maybe Marco's going to pull this off. Maybe he's going to win. Yeah. But no, uh, uh, Brett Eisen wins, but it's perfectly <laughs> fine. But they still, they told that nice little story where, like, you're kind of questioning, like, oh, shit, we might go this other one. And the same thing with Alley Cat. Like, yeah. I think that match showed this side of Brett where it's like, I don't want to have to kill you. It showed, like, this little bit of remorse, a little yes. bit of compassion. Oh, but yes. he's kind of like, I'll still do it, but I don't want to. I don't want to. Man, it, it is. That's, that's you, you fucking, man, you nailed it. I love. I love when people, you know, we have these conversations after we watch, you know, we watch these matches and and the the, the sprinkling that that Brett does. With, and it's not just him, right? It, it's he both and and all, in both those matches, uh, all three of those talents. The little sprinkling they do. Um, I, I'm with you, man. I, I've seen a lot. I mean, just about every match. I want to say in the last three years, I've seen of Brett's and. There's just there's not much better other than Kurt Stallion from earlier this year. There's just not much better than Alley Cat. I mean, uh, you know, uh, there's something about 
what that feeling in that room, um, just what you said, he didn't, you know, this is the guy that put a fork in his best friend's fucking head that, (laughs) you know, uh, you know, didn't give a shit about coups, you know, any, anything that coup and Dom were down for this guy's down for, you know what I mean? Like he's here for the, the shit. And, uh, and that's one where I was like, okay, these, you know, they get it. You feel it. You, you see that, I just don't really want to fuck this cat up. Like I like her like shit. She's cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to do this. And then the moment, what did you think when, uh, when Allie took street justice, you think that was it? Oh yeah. 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 I love that moment. I'm, I'm, I'm always the guy that's like, ah, I wish they, you know, this or that, but that's one when she kicked, I thought, fuck yeah, dude, that's perfect. Perfect. Didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Cause I think at that point, like nobody was kicking out of street justice. So when, when she does it, it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I can't remember. We actually just talked about this. The, everyone kicked out of it. It's like B-Boys kicked out of it. I, Allie, I think Ben Carter did um, at the last show. Not many people have kicked out of that, and uh, and Allie did. And Allie showed a couple times, to your point too, man, like, Allie, you thought, shit, is Allie going to be the one to take this title? Is she going to be the one to dethrone uh, you know, the pit bull at Sub, the human shotgun, and and – it's a match. I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched it because it's just, it's so fucking good. That and Kurt again. I, I want to shout that out again. We know Kurt Stein just made the move up to the, to the, the PC and all that. Um, but that match uh, on stay cold, sup, stay cold is, is definitely worth your time. He had a great feud too, that I, I wish we would seen more of. I, I wish there was more layers to it, but him versus O'Shea Edwards, because those two. Yeah. It, it made great TV, and I love that they were basically, I mean, to steal, steal his nickname, they were basically like two big kaijus going at each other. Yeah, no, and that's, that, it's, again, you're great talent with great talent. O'Shea is one of the, the fact that he's not been featured at Ring of Honor, the fact that he's not in front of television somewhere is a crime because... O'Shea looks like an action star. Like he looks like he could be in the next Expendables and he can talk on the mic and he can put in really fucking dope matches. So, uh, you know, O'Shea is one of my absolute favorites. And I think you're absolutely right. That's a story where we're seeing, you know, down here in about a month, um, we're going to get Brett Ison and O'Shea Edwards at TWE. So definitely another chapter to that, uh, that story going on. But I, I, I agree with you, man. It's definitely one we forget about. I, I know, you know, Brett and AC get so much talk about because it's such a great yin and yang feud. But I love uh, what he and O'Shea can bring to each other. AC Mac, that's another fucking dude. Like we go back to the last, uh, as of this recording, not as of when this comes out, but the last AIW show and right. AC Mac, a last minute fill in for AJ Gray. So like completely unannounced, came up probably for the new talent initiative, and I was going fucking nuts. Because like <laughs> I went, I think I said I went nuts for three people that night, and they were all kind of at different times. He was one of them. The other two were obviously Brixter showing up at the end of the show, for sure. Because I spoke with Brixter, and we had talked, but he never showed his hand, and he technically never lied to me. I was like, "It sucks, you're not going to be on the show." He's like, "Ah, like we've talked about some stuff. We're working some things out, so I might be on a show in the future." Oh yeah, he didn't. He didn't lie to me and say like, "Oh no, I'm going to be at the end of the show." Like. Or just even well, he, oh, it was so fucking awesome. Know. No, I can tell you for a fact he didn't know. He did not know he was doing that until like I, you know, not long, like maybe right before that match, not long before 
because I talked to him right after that. And okay. I, I had to ask, you know, how how was that? How, and he goes, man, I had no idea. Like, I thought they were going to use me later down the road and then just kind of all of a sudden here we go. And, uh, and I thought he did, I mean, you were there live, but just from what I saw, I thought Brick did, I mean, that was a presence, right? Oh yeah. I seen him at intermission or maybe, maybe it was like a little bit after intermission and like we spoke a little bit and, uh, a no sign. So when he actually showed up, like that was crazy. And the only other person I did, I went crazy for is a pre-show match. And that was, uh, Ziggy Haim. Oh word. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Like I went nuts that she was added to the production, but I think AC Mac blew my mind because like I, I can I can expect Brixer because I seen him there. I can expect mm-hmm. Ziggy because I know she's like from the local area. So great to see them both. But when I didn't see AC Mac and he comes out and at the same time they're having trouble with the microphones that night, mm-hmm. and when he's like cutting his pre match promo type stuff, like he starts try he tries to get the microphone to work and like really quick he like realizes it's not happening. Hands the microphone back and just uses his voice and. I thought that was awesome. And it is awesome. Shit, yeah. I I hope to see him back in AIW again. I mean, it even goes back to, like, when it comes to New Talent Initiative, I've said it the past two years, and I'm going to say it again for a third year. Uh, when we get into 2021, if the world goes back to normal and we have that type of show, I want to see Brad Ison and I want to see O'Shea Edwards. Dude, I think, yeah, I think both those fit AIW very much. I think that, um, you know... Th- those two any anywhere in any form is going to bring uh, nothing but a plus 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 across the board to any promotion um but yeah ac i i i think ac can go anywhere and be a star he is a star i'm really excited to see this match with him and brett it feels like we've been waiting months and years and decades uh we've been building and building and uh, I'm really, I'm really fired up to see what we get um, when when they share that that fucking squared circle. I think the thing about O'Shea Edwards too is, especially from this area, he's recently moved even closer. Last time yeah. I heard, it was somewhere in Pennsylvania, and that's one state over, and it's a little bit easier drive if he's able to make it to a show. So it's fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, crazier things have happened. No, yeah, I, I he's again. I can't say it enough. If if there's any possibility, like I'm excited O'Shea's going to be at Paradigm. Uh, you know, you're not you're not doing a bad. You know, it's nothing. No kind of bad decision in bringing O'Shea Edwards to your to your organization, man. That's just that's a star, right? I mean, you look at him. That guy's a star. He's, he's got so much. And then, like, you know, he, I don't think he goes by it as much now, but, you know, he called himself like the Silver Tongue Devil. And, yeah, like, he Yeah. Like, when, so I, good. when I had him on for an interview, which I did before the sub show I was at, like, that was the first time we met and, like, we really hit it off. And I felt like, like, when it come, came to conversation, like, we killed it. No, he does. He he's very personable. We when we were up in Jersey for Mania weekend last year, uh, we got to hang out with him and his dad, um, and that was just dope. Like his dad got to see the match, the six man tag at a family reunion. We got to chop it up and eat some pizza and hear about a little bit about Young O'Shea and this and that. And it is though, man. He just it doesn't matter if you've known him for a year or a minute. O'Shea's gonna make you feel like you you matter. You know you're important in this conversation, and that's a fucking gift. Yeah, fucking definitely want to see more of him. And it's I think the one thing that we share too with with our scenes, there's like a, so much crossover, and then there's like always to like not even just the crossover. There's people that like I know I'm looking down for a lot of the like these southern wrestlers, and you got you're looking up to like see what we're doing up here, and like oh yeah, 
like that's where you were introduced to Matt Justice. Yeah, no, Matt Justice. Uh, I remember thinking this guy's a fucking psychopath. Um, that AIW show, man, that's that's just a cool moment. Again, it kind of this is really cool. Uh, it ties into what we're talking about the the story with Brett and Kingston. Um, we were at that AIW show, the the Slumber Party Massacre, and we watched Kingston wrestle live, you know, from the second row. Um, and then jump ahead a year later and he's wrestling Kingston in this ring. So, you know, it is though that AIW there's, there's a special feeling I have. I mean, that's the one show my wife, you know, when, uh, when we were going down for the collective this year and it, the one show outside of, I believe, uh, Janelle's spring break, she just wants to go to AIW. I mean, that's the only show she really gives a shit about is what AIW's doing because of justice, because of, the Rip City Shooters. I'm a big Joshua Bishop guy. That guy's a fucking star. Um, I, yeah, the tag team work up there. What Philly and Marino, man. I'm big on those guys. Like AIW's my shit, dude. Yeah, I love it. Anytime someone from up here gets to debut down there, and there's yes. al- there's always like people that I I want to see down there. Like now, sadly, we won't see it. But when there was actually the tag team, the Weird World, I thought they would have been a hit down there. Like I could see both uh, Weird Body and Worldwide just just killing it, and like it being kind of what I would compare PME with almost every crowd I've seen to where people just see them for a couple seconds and they get drawn into them, and I I have a weird feeling that it would be the same thing with the Weird World down in the basement east. Yeah, that's a cool setting. It's like before before Danhausen was. Danhausen that we know I saw him a couple times really uh get to be a more evil a more stoic Danhausen I know you know what I'm talking about yeah um and and it really fit in that setting like you know uh, that that just that again that basement east setting so I agree I think that would have been and I'm just I'm big on the sub tag team division I think they bring in some really interesting tag teams you know we've seen the smoking buds there of course Philly and Marino um, uh, violence is forever is a staple there, but, uh, it feels like a team that could come down and yeah, like you were saying that that would have just really fit in with the basement East very well. You also got to see, and it's, it's weird that, it's, that this has changed, but you got to see Danny Adams. Yeah, I did. And I actually was a huge fan of Danny Adams when he was just, yeah, same. when he was just Danny Adams. But I think the, the biggest thing, uh, like I would critique him on, and I don't know about you, but he was around the same time as Teddy King and Teddy King just dwarfed uh, Danny Adams of like how much of a heel they, they both could be. I felt like they were somewhat similar, but Teddy King was better and then better than him. Uh, no pun intended. It was MJF, but obviously MJF only down there once, not yeah. a really a mainstay and all that shit. But. Now with like Teddy King gone, MJF gone, this would have been the perfect time for Danny Adams. But instead we get Dan the Dad, which I'm not complaining. Hey, he's killing it right now. And there's a lot of people that love him. But I do know a lot of people that hate him at the same time. And I'm like, well, he's he's still good. Didn't you see anything with Danny Adams? No, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm a big Danny Adams guy. I love the no-do friend shit. I loved he did. He had that. It was uh, it was kind of he was a heel, but there was a little fun, a little fun to him in a way. And I. I I think that's okay, man. I, I agree. I, I like uh, nothing against again Dan the Dad, man. I think we're in a time now where, you know, you really you can hit a home run with the character stuff, and um, and he's doing it. So all the all the respect to him. But I'm with you. I I was a big fan of hashtag No New Friend shit. 
we even had like one of the other no new friends uh uh at heel camaro yep mm-hmm. uh, he was in the new talent initiative the year before and i only knew like i only remember the hashtag no new friends with danny adams so he comes out mm-hmm. and he's wearing those tights i yell danny adams and he turns around like <laughs> what <laughs> i don't know whether it was like it's like obviously i'm not danny adams or whether just like someone up here knows who danny adams is holy shit holy shit yeah <laughs> yeah i um i probably would have made the same move i, I did i remember those yeah i don't oh i know that that's got to be i know no new friends i know what i'm doing that have been me yeah yeah, and I forget. I forgot. You know, like you guys had Dan Housen too, but you guys got to experience like what people up here haven't got to experience with him because I thought it was great. And that slutty cat with Joshua yeah, oh, Bishop, dude, fucking, uh, I can't put into words. That was one of those sub moments that, like, when it's happening, I just remember thinking, like, it's like pure joy. You're such in a moment, and you're like, this is what wrestling should be. And I know. Like again, I'm a huge Joshua Bishop fan. I don't. I, I'm not a huge, uh, you know, take stuff from a, a show kind of merch guy. But I do have a door broken in half signed by Joshua Bishop <laughs> from his Portal to Pain Best of Seven Doors match that I saw him in at Paradigm. That was cool shit. Uh, but yeah, Slutty Cat was a moment, man. It was a moment in time that I vivid. I remember standing there and I can still describe to you when he hits the top rope and just slutty cat and that crowd lost their fucking mind bro i slutty cat <laughs> i want to see it again so bad i do too i know i do too like i had it was one of those things like i had fantasy booked like slutty cat and alley cat as like the legion of doom for sup and it just <laughs> never happened <laughs> for me i came up with the dream match of uh alley cat versus slutty cat versus pizza cat versus veda scott Oh man, and and Pizza Cat's man. It's funny you mentioned Pizza Cat because goddamn Pizza Cat Junior literally made me get pizza for dinner today. So shout out <laughs> Pizza Cat and Pizza Cat Junior. I will say the fact that like now we have Pizza Cat Junior because I was like, all right, you know, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to cross this match off my bucket list. And then like Pizza Cat Junior came out, I'm like, okay, at a Junior, yeah, no. this match could yeah, still happen. Still alive. <laughs> yeah, that that match is still breathing. Don't you cross that out? <laughs> I mean, as long as AEW doesn't uh, sign Veda Scott, which I mean. I'd be happy for that, but still, uh, it, it kind of kept that match alive just a little bit longer. I don't know why I love this. Like a lot of my themed matches are like have some sort of like thing with them together. Like that one, it's like an all cat match. And I thought of another yeah. one, another one recently. Uh, I don't know if you know about these factions as much, but it's all all females. Uh, Gothic versus uh, the Midwest Militia, which was. Uh, the gothic was Harlow O'Hara, Tara okay. Calloway, and Angela Slane, yep. and the Midwest yep, Militia Charlotte was Angelus, uh, not Angelus, Allison K, Jessica Havoc, and Sassy Steffi. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, I know. I I didn't know the factions, but I definitely know all those talents, and that's fucking dope. That would be a cool ass fucking match. I'm very excited to see Angelus this weekend. I haven't seen her since. Uh, I think I said hi to her. I was kind of drunk. I was at St. Louis Anarchy. I miss her. I miss her so yeah. fucking much. Like such a uh, fan of her. I remember when she debuted at AIW, she had a match versus a wrestler, which I don't even think she's around anymore. Her name was Jody DeMilo. And there was just this moment where Angelus Lane comes running and screaming at the same time. And like that, like for some reason, like click me and I'm like, Ooh, I get this. This 
woman's a fucking badass. And I've now like knowing her a little bit more, if I were to compare her to anybody like, or any type of thing in the world, it's she's like the bride of Frankenstein. Oh dude. Yeah. I see that shit. So when she did that screaming, I'm like, Oh my God, that was kind of like a bride of Frankenstein type thing. I'm like, that's what's like really cool about her. And I've been like a fan of hers ever since. So when she went from retired to coming back, it's like, all right, it sucks. You retired. I was obviously any wrestler says they're going to retire. I completely respect it. But her coming back, it's like, all right, this is, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I got to see her and Koo, uh, her and Koo just beat the shit out of each other. Oh, God. And, um, yeah, yeah, just got off the of bullshit. I was there for it, uh, mentally, physically, live, all that. It was a moment that I did. I, I Angelus is, has evolved into, she just, I just think of her as a wrestler. Um, you know, she, anything, I'm, shit, Nolan, no flinch, Nolan Edward and Angelus Lane, are you shitting me? Like, that's a pay per view match for me. I forgot that's where I first heard of Kevin Koo was that yep. fucking feud between them. And then like, obviously yep. we get to where we are now and uh, violence is forever. And that's where I, I would kind of learn more about Kevin Koo. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that whole feud was same way for me. I just, I loved Angelus in that setting. She's one, you know, you could put her in there with anyone. Um, and I'm not going to question or say, I don't know this or that, uh, you know, for story wise, even I always try to find, you know, a favorite this or that, but, um, you know, Angela's as tough as nails and she can do everything. Man, her her and Billy Starks kind of any anytime they're around each other, like at St. Louis Anarchy or anywhere else, that just excites the shit out of me. Like those are just you're going to get such a good fucking clean match with both those talents. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like I said, so much, because, so much crossover of like the talent we like, too. And I love I also love people like Angela's and people um not necessarily from either where we're from, but like right, I know, yeah. I know we have so much love for them, and one that I'll mention because they're one of the quickest rising stars right now, and that's fucking Billy Starks. Oh yeah, that's that's man, that's family. That's I love you know Billy and Logan and uh, and of course Mouse to kick ass Becky man. Like you know, not even like uh, outside of wrestling, real quick. For, you'll understand this. Uh, a holy grail for me uh, is the Dogma Blu-ray because you can't, you know, they only did like one print of it, I think. So it's really super hard to find the Dogma Blu-ray. And I own like every fucking Kevin Smith movie on Blu-ray but that one. And uh, and I couldn't find it, couldn't find it. Well, Becky had it, wouldn't take any money for it, uh, sent it to me. And uh, and that's just the thing. Like that's something just like that means so much to me because I like yeah. And you could flip this shit on the internet and make some money on it. And it was like no, dude. Like here and uh, and that's just them. You know that family, the the big Starks brand, if you will. I didn't even know the Kevin Smith Blu-ray uh, thing was a uh, that hard to come by. Like I I mean I never got into the like the Blu-ray part of it. I have yeah. more of a collection when it comes to the DVDs. I think I have which I can't see everything on my my shelf right now but i want to say i have two dogma blu-rays and one of them is like a regular not blu-ray but a dvd uh, one is a regular release yeah and, and the, the others that like the the collectors like the book like looking yeah. one which that was the first one i ever seen because a friend of mine uh, let me borrow his dvd copy so then when i end up buying like a regular copy i'm like oh this kind of sucks whatever but then i end up finding <laughs> the other one i'm like all right this is better this is cool and that's the thing that, like, oddly enough, like, to go on that, like, that tangent of 
I love Kevin Smith because a lot of times he just puts out like really good versions of his movies. Yeah. So I never even knew like or even even thought of like about buying Dogma on Blu-ray and how like it was hard to come by. No, that's been my life, my life collection. Um, it's it's been DVDs, movies. I got into them early, so yeah, I I had both those DV the the dogmas you mentioned, and then, God, I don't know, probably when I was in college um, and kind of started working and whatnot, I um I started really getting into Blu-rays, and then um, the last couple of years, I kind of got into 4K a little bit, but it, it's not you know, some some studios aren't gonna put out 4k so it's one of those like I, i'm blu-ray is my thing man but but uh but yeah it was one kevin smith that's one of the clerks is one of those movies i watched when i was like a teenager that really made me go like i want to do film so uh i was like you though i didn't realize it was that rare i i don't know when i figured it out i think i went to just i'd watched it on tv and like fuck it man i own this on dvd but like i'll get it on blu-ray why not and it's like damn i can't find it anywhere so uh I dug a little deeper, and sure enough, I believe they only did like one run, one print of the Blu-rays uh, because of what you're saying. Like, you know, there's more uh, Kevin Smith collectors DVD. Like, I had the Mallrats DVD uh, collectors forever until I think the Blu-ray may have just came out in 2019. Um, I believe that's right. So, yeah, if you find a Dogma Blu-ray when you're ever out kind of uh, hunting, um, you may want to snag it even just to flip because – People buy it, man. People like 50, you know, 40, 50, 60 bucks for that some bitch. Yeah, looking at my collection now, I have like of the DVDs, I have two versions of Clerks. One like the regular yes. edition and the Clerks uh, 10th anniversary X edition. Yeah, X edition, yep. Two versions of Mall Rats. And I think it was, I don't think there's much different of it. It's just there's different cases to it. I think there there might be some different features, but. Probably, yeah. When I had seen a different version, I was like, all right, I got to buy it. Uh, <laughs> and then the two dogmas. Other than that, like everything was a one release thing. Like I remember like back at that time, the one DVD that was the hardest to find was Chasing Amy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got that on. I got that on DVD. And then I just I just I probably had it a little bit on Blu-ray. I think I actually that was one uh, you can get. Uh, you can find good deals on Blu-rays from other countries. Like I have the French version of Insidious. I got a really good deal on Blu-ray, and then the Chasing Amy. I think it's the French. The case is French, but it's you know the same Blu-ray um, that we got. But I got a good deal on it. Oh, that's crazy. I'm into it, man. I got, well, not as much anymore. Like obviously now my like my collection. It's still movies. Um, I'm not as into them now. Like I'm a little more of uh, like 4Ks are, are, are a lot cheaper. You know, I'm not a big Walmart. I try not to go to Walmart a lot, but uh, the I was in there like a week or a week or so ago, and they had a, like man a couple of 4Ks like really good deals. Um, so I ended up ended up going though. I got Paul. I didn't own Paul uh, the Alien flick, right? I got that for like six bucks, and I didn't own Overlord um, with like uh, Wyatt Russell. Uh, I really liked it, and I got it for like six bucks. I think what sucks me in on a lot of stuff is when it comes to like buying movies is I love the digital combos to where like, mm. all right, you can, you can buy this physical copy cause I'm kind of a physical collector, but it's like, am, also yeah. we'll give you this digital copy. So there's the convenience of having a digital copy. I think when we first started the digital copy stuff, I was just kind of like, ah, whatever. Especially when I think one of the first digital movies I got was literally the dark Knight. And that, oh, I bet, yeah. And that was like, all right, watch it on your iPod. Okay. I'm like, oh, like I like this movie, but I'm not going to sit here and watch it on this. 
And then as time goes forward, we now have like, uh, like services like Voodoo and Movies Anywhere where they will compile all your stuff. You can, you can watch it on your computer. You can watch it on your phone, your tablet, or there's like Roku apps for it where you can like watch it like a regular movie. So it's kind of like, all right, do I want to maybe get up to get this movie just in case there's some bonus feature stuff or treat it like Netflix and just click, watch it and go. And that's, that's where they kind of get me. Yeah, I I always expected to go that route, but I still to this day I um I'm not a big I don't use my codes. I'm the guy that like all my my buddies back in the day I would give them the codes. Um, to this day, if I, I don't think about it, because none of my friends are really super movie hounds. Um, but I, I like I probably I don't know how many movie codes I've got that have probably expired. I'm a big you know, I like looking through my collection and touching them and what do I want to watch? And, oh, this is cool. That's cool. And then putting it in and, and all that. So uh, I do, man, like it's it's pretty crazy. I'm the guy that like I can tell you, you know, I've got my collection so big. It's half at like where we stay. And then I've got some at my folks house and I've got some at like her folks house. Damn. But if you're if you were like, hey, man, where is uh, casino at? And I'd be like. Well, it's in the closet of my old bedroom at my parents' house. Like, I know where my shit is, even if it's spread out. That's, I mean, that's just, I don't know. It's that weird part of my brain where, like, my collection, like you're saying, I like that just, it, it makes me feel good. If I have a bad day, I'm like, I want to watch a movie. And I just kind of take maybe 10 minutes to kind of go through, okay, what are, this, that, okay, this. And then it's like, it's a calming thing almost in itself. I can get that. I think with me, with like, like right now in my office, I have like a minor, like smaller bookshelf with some of my favorite TV shows and movies. And like, if I'm looking at the top shelf, it's, it goes Dexter, How I Met Your oh, Mother, yeah. Scrubs, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like the entire series. And then like actually with Good that, shit. with that, I have the mo- the movie set. So that like there's that aspect part and then there's like I have another shelf with Family Guys, some Doctor Who, the entire Saul franchise, uh, Ghostbusters, all and I make sure obviously the whole every Kevin Smith movie, but it's like movies that I have or shows that I have connection to. So it's like I look at them and it's whether I'm I'm watching them or not. So I kind of kind of get where you're coming from. But there's also like right with me just kind of being a collector. There's some ones where, uh, for example, I fell off Family Guy at some point. And I have up to, I think, volume 10, and I don't know what volume they're up to, like, on releasing it. Me either. But, like, I, for a same. while, that was my thing. No, I, I'm exact same boat. I, I think I bought same way, 10, 11, somewhere in there, Family Guy, and fell off. I'm more, I'm more streaming for shows. I do, I own, like, my, I'm a big drama sh- show guy, like, I, 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 that's where I lean, so, like, my big series that I have are like, I have the wire, you know, breaking bad, the barrel, um, the fucking, uh, Deadwood. Um, trying to think, uh, man, those are the big ones, Sopranos. And then like DVDs, those are all Blu-rays. And then I've got a bunch of DVD, like, you know, Seinfeld. And right now, um, we're going through, uh, man, she got me on Gilmore girls. That's one show that I never would have watched if I hadn't, guy with Haley that I like I like the writing of it's a show that I can throw on and kind of whatever uh but but uh I use streaming more than anything for shows man like I'm watching Dexter again on Netflix you know I never bought I, I really love that show minus the ending and 
a couple things, but I never bought the series. I probably will, um, but I haven't, and uh, I use I use streaming for that, man. Yeah, a lot of shows I'm watching, uh, I'm doing on HBO Max and uh, and Netflix right now. I'll say with Dexter, I have two versions of that series. I have the individual seasons thing, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago here on the show. Wow, but, like, yeah. I have, yeah, the individual things, like, as they came out, and then the first Christmas I had with Amanda... She got me the DVD box set, which comes in the blood the slide head? case. No. Oh, the slides. Yeah, that's yeah, dude. That's the Blu-ray one you're talking about, which yeah, I, I remember when hard. that came, when that came out. I'm like, all right, Blu-ray's better, but I'm like, I don't, I don't get that. But I'm I like, I don't get it either. The DVD set looks amazing, and I want yes. it. <laughs> so, yes. So I, I vividly remember those coming out. And me saying the same thing, like I'll eventually get that blood slide, blood slide set. I never have, but uh, I'm glad to hear you got it. That my big thing for that that feeling for me was the uh, the Breaking Bad Blu-ray barrel. I was like, I have to have that. I don't care what the fucking price. I'm gonna get that, and uh, and I did. But I'm happy I have the DVD copies of oh yeah of Scrubs. Yeah, same. I do have that show on DVD all the way through because I've been listening to the rewatch podcast and. They explain that like on the like all the streaming services, there's a lot the of the, yeah, a lot of songs had to be yeah, ch- changed. Yeah, okay, cool. But, I haven't watched. I watched some on Hulu, but I didn't make it. I was like maybe a season, not even a season and a half. And I go, man, I, I'm just gonna. I love this. Show. I'm just gonna buy them all. I think I hit up like McKay's and just snatched them all up. I forget what year it was. It might have been like 2006 or something. Like I got back into it because like I. I watched Scrubs originally when it, like the first season it came out and then I think like it moved to the same day as SmackDown and in our household it was kind of like even like my dad liked Scrubs but he was like all right SmackDown's on we're watching SmackDown and that, that was not really a yeah a DVR time like during that second season but then when it came to Comedy Central a couple years later I like caught back up and I was like I like this show enough I'm going to go out and buy all the seasons on DVD and that's that's what I ended up doing and then at that point, I got to follow along with watching it live, and then whenever the DVD set come out, like go out and buying it. Yeah, that's you know that's a funny thing. I was talking to uh, to Brett about as much as I love television shows. There's not been a lot of shows that I've actually I've I, I didn't watch Scrubs all like live. I didn't watch it till years later after it finished on DVD. Um, very few shows, man. I actually like watched week to week, like. Breaking Bad was one. Walking Dead was one up until I want to say, oh man, like season maybe eight or nine. Um, Sons of Anarchy was one, but there's just not been a ton of shows that I'm like, I'm gonna watch that show on that day. That's I always end up catching them years later through disc. Um, uh, Dexter, actually, that back. I did watch Dexter. I watched Dexter pretty much from like season two all the way through. Oh, you got to catch it earlier than I did. I. Um... <clears throat> Uh, 2011, I started like, all right, let me check out this Dexter show. And at the time, Netflix only had season one and two. So I watched I that too. I watched yeah. that. I really liked it, but there was still season three, four, and four, maybe five. No, because I don't know, th- man, maybe five, maybe five. Cause I'm trying to remember whether it was before or after Trinity or not before. I should say yeah. how far after Trinity it was. Cause I, yeah, do- cause Trinity's four, right? Yeah, I want to. So, season one and two, I watched, like I said, I watched those really quick, fell in love with the show. Then I had a friend of mine, I think he burnt me season three and four 
on DVD, watch those really quick. And then it was right before six came out. He got copies of uh, all of season five. And then he, we used this one particular app. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was able to like stream stuff on his computer from it. So I was able to stream like those episodes, like just sit there and watch them on my phone. And like, by the time I was done with it, it was right around the time season six started. So I got at least a couple seasons live. But yeah. that's something that I think when it comes to TV, it's like, which which is better? Because there is that aspect of like, all right, with Dexter, I was able to watch all those seasons like really quick. But there's also being a part of the world, like being at the same pace as everybody. Like, all right, we're all going to watch like this episode. And then like when it's over, we can all talk about it. And then we have yeah. we have till next week, and I I can I'm always conflicted of which is better because I do have shows like uh, How I Met Your Mother. I was in it from day one, and going on that path up until the last episode, I thought was great. But like some people, I, it's like cool to be able to just like watch it all at once, so you don't have any of that. Like you don't have those summer months where you're like, damn, I wonder what's going to happen this season. You can go, nope, just going to go to the next episode. That, I mean, that's I know I'm a, I do have an addictive personality. I know that for a fact, but that's where I lean like the shows, you know, all the shows that I watch live. I've made Haley watch. Uh, she she's enjoyed most of them. She didn't really get into Dexter. She lo- she loved Breaking Bad. Um, uh, she loved uh, uh, game. Oh, no, she hit, hit that back. She didn't give a shit about Game of Thrones. Um, but I, I do. After watching them live, like I always think of Breaking Bad. I watched it live and then watching it with her. And after big episodes, you know, I'm watching her reaction and she's like, can we watch the next episode? And I go, yeah, see, I fucking couldn't. But yes, we can. This is better. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the same thing for us when we watched we got to watch all the scrubs because she never watched it. Actually, the same Good. thing with Dexter, too, because she had never watched it. But for me, I got to experience that with Sons of Anarchy. That was oh, one, beautiful. That's one of her favorite shows. So it was me getting getting into everything and. I didn't have those, you know, those summer months where, or just in between seasons where like, I'm, I'm just questioning what's going to happen and building everything yeah. up in my head. Like I got to, I got to go from season finale to season premiere instantly. Yeah. And I have not met your, your wonderful fiance, but no, knowing sons of anarchy, uh, that's a keeper. That's a good win because that man, that was one of my favorite shows ever. That's one that any, any of my friends that, that you know that really got into that show we always catch ourselves we'll be like hey i'm watching that again and we'll talk about this or that so yeah for for me uh sons of anarchy is one that uh, again i watched that one i probably got into watching that live probably around season i want to say season three um yeah it was definitely season three i got in watching live weekly on fx so i got the majority of that live and then watching it back with her on on disc was uh was awesome because that was one uh, the first time i watched it through when we were date or we dating she really didn't care and then I, wa- I always watch it once a year and i the next year i watched it she got more into it it was like what's going on I'm, I'm interested and now that's one show that like i think it's like that and justified or two that she's pretty much like I w- i'm down to watch that show whenever you know oh you'll love this story it was uh last year uh, me and Amanda, we went to Steel City Con because they had a meet and greets with um, Chibs, Juice, oh, yeah. uh, Clay, and Opie. Wow. And like she got to 
get all their autographs. And what we did was too, because oh. I bought her. I think it was the same year she got me the Dexter box set. I got her the Sons of Anarchy box set, and uh, she got to have all of them sign it. She got pictures with all of them. The thing that damn. I, the thing that I because I I let her get the experience and like everything and not try to be there with all the autographs and everything and I wasn't in the picture but uh, as we were done because they're trying to like get you know in next person in next person out and all that yeah, kind of shit for sure um right before we leave um uh Opie played by Ryan Hurst I was like Ryan and he looked over at me like like what do you want and I was like can you tell her I got this and he looked right over at her and goes I got this because <laughs> that's like that's one of those like hardcore emotional moments for her like, yeah every time oh, yeah. she watched it and i kept joking with her that i was going to do this but i was like i have to get it in because there's, there's a story there like that's like a huge line a huge moment yeah. and i'm just like say this to her he looks right at her goes i got this <laughs> that, got to, that got to be that the is. That got to be the final moment of of all that and we started everything off too she, uh she was waiting in line to for autographs uh she was waiting in line for clay uh he had a, he was away for a little bit and then chibs walked by and gave her a and like <laughs> she flipped her shit <laughs> i would have too <laughs> <laughs> that is i love that man i do that's one of my absolute favorite shows that's one that i feel uh, you know, I, I feel moments of that. I talked to, that's one that me and ice and we, we really, when we became friends, uh, we first, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't two kind of guys at wrestling talking. It was two friends talking was like, do you watch sons of anarchy? And it's like, yeah, I do. It was, you know, the, the moment you just said, like, we both talked about how that moment affected us both so much watching that going like, fuck, you know what I mean? I think if I would compare it to like anything like let's say Dexter, it's uh end of season four with uh Oh yeah, dude, yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a very fair because that one was not spoiled for me. Like that's another thing about that is good about this shit where you can just watch it. I had some shit for Dexter spoiled for me watching it live through that week, you know, this shit's been leaked and I'm like, I don't wanna know this shit. But um, that wasn't I did not know that. I remember watching that episode live and just like heartbroken, man. That sadly was spoiled for me because. Oh, no. But not I did. I didn't have a pinpoint. I knew Rita died. That's only thing okay. that I knew, because as I was getting into the show, I was like looking up like certain facts about the actors, like maybe check. Like, have I seen this person in something else? Blah, blah, blah. And then I came across something and it said, like, after Rita's death to the Trinity killer, I was like, motherfucker, it was literally the first sentence. So I didn't know when there was something that maybe like, especially when you're getting that towards the end, like after he kills Trinity, I was like, oh, maybe like something happens at the beginning of the next season. And then he walks in and sees Rita like that. And it's still like, oh, fuck, dude. Yeah, it's. It's up there with like Red Wedding, uh, Game of Thrones shit. Those moments that just like fucking absolutely floored me, man. That was one hundred percent because I did. I I I was unnerved that whole season. That like you know John Lithgow was just something special. I'm like this isn't you know something, and uh, they lulled me in that false sense of security. I go because you know that's one thing about Dexter. It feels like there's a lot of fucked up shit, but just those first few seasons, especially. It feels like we kind of almost end on a like, 
okay, well, this shit's messed up, but we're going to, you know, we're moving forward. And it felt like we were getting that again. And boy, did we not. And that was like, I've said before, that's like the, the best season. And it's not, it is. Every, yeah. It's not like everything went downhill because of that. But like that season was just so good that like when I rank like all those seasons, I like I put one really high up. For sure. I put two really high up and I put four really high up. <clears throat> and I think four is like way higher than one and two. And then after that, I want to say season. I like season six. Oh, um, see, I'm going <clears throat> I'm going back right now. I don't the last couple seasons. I don't remember you know, just when you say six, seven, whatever, I don't, I don't remember as much. I'm going back through now on three. I'm with you on four. Four is my favorite one. I love and going back again. I just rewatched one and two. I'm, a, I'm almost through season three. It, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's impressive to me how great season one is. So many season ones of shows, great shows are kind of, we've, there's a little lacking there, but Dexter's one that Man, that season one is so fucking. It's so good. It's so right in right away. You're interested. You're in this in this shit. Um, which season was uh, with most death? Which one was that? You know what I'm saying? It was uh, uh, I can't remember. Oh, is that the same one with fucking Edward James Almost? Or is that my thinking of? No, I think that's the same season. I think that's because that's uh, that's the religion religious killing. Yes, it is. That is mm-hmm. that, that's exactly his season. Yeah, that's season six. Because like I know a lot of people say like oh, that is six. Like everything after season four sucked. I'm like no, season six was great. I love season six. Maybe that because that was also the first one that I got to watch live. But yeah, I, I felt Good like point. at like the build up to that season, like a lot of the promotional stuff was great. I felt like the season paid off. It was great, especially when. Um, Edward James almost was fucking dead the whole time. And it's like, yeah, Oh yeah. shit. Like they did such the, a good job with that. And the ending of that season's really good. One of the weirdest fucking cliffhangers. Yeah, it is dude. It, it's, it's one of those cliffhangers where I remember watching it. Like you are live and it like, I'm just like, Oh fuck. Oh, uh, okay. Well now I've, again, now we wait. But when we watched it on DVD, you just pop that next disc in son. The thing that I've said before to Amanda, like when like we started watching it and within the first season, she was just like, I hate Deborah. Just, just Deborah, ne- <laughs> Deborah needs to die. And I'm like, oh, just wait. Like, I don't I don't God, say this, but no. I say it in my head. I'm like, just wait till the last episode. Just wait till the last episode. <laughs> we got God, some seasons man. to yeah. get through. I, I didn't love I didn't love it, man. I didn't love the last episode. I thought that's a show that I do. Those first four seasons are so good. And yeah, I'm excited to go. I'm excited to watch uh, those last couple again uh, going through. It's been really good. I, I remember, I remember not liking three as much as I'm enjoying it now. But that's probably because I've been on a Jimmy Smith's kick here lately. Yeah, I think season three, like especially within that first four, is just sub- hardcore lacking. I think one was great. Like I yeah. said, two was great. Four was great. So then, like, no matter how good I think three is, it just looks really bad in between those and when like when we rewatched those season three i was like just watch it without me i don't care because <laughs> i i and i felt like too like i'm not missing anything they don't like maybe that's what gets me too is like there's not you couldn't skip that season and i don't think there's anything that you really miss storyline wise like that uh, branches yeah, throughout that you, the series that you probably can't yeah you probably can't piece together the context clues yeah you're probably right i mean four four is its own animal in its own right for sure and then I want to say, I think season five is that one, like, motivational speaker killer dude. Oh, shit, I think you're right. Like, tick, 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 that's the sound of your life running out, which, he was good. 
but it was okay. Yeah. Like I said, coming after four, it just, it definitely wasn't, was a dip down. I don't remember what the main things for season eight, and nine were or season. Yeah, I can't maybe just season eight. I can't not remember. I, I vividly remember the last episode. And I remember the season that we were talking about six, but anything after that, I, I don't have it right now. I, and I've said before too, I think the last season of Dexter is fine, except for it's just that final scene. And what I kind of think why they didn't go the route that I thought they should go, which was it should just Dexter's dead. Just kill him. Have it to where uh, his son goes off with uh, Julie Stiles. Like, that, have that be fine. Yeah. But that would have been really close to the ending of The Dark Knight Rises. Mm. Or well, I should say, maybe like fake his death, but like go live with her. Uh, then obviously that didn't happen, but that was like the Dark Knight Rises, and that came out a year before that season. I I didn't know where they were gonna go. I thought the best way for that to end was yeah, for Dexter to you go one of the two ends of the spectrum. He either dies, you kill him off somehow, or he kills himself, or you have him just kind of accept that that's just who he is and we do you know you go out that way so i just didn't really care for what they did and that last scene at the very end just felt very um what yeah that that's kind of was my reason like if i think if you take that scene out i like it better like i'm gonna i'm i'm going in on this run with very open mind i know what to expect but i'm going in like like i said i i you nailed it. You know, one and two, I already knew I loved, but I'm, I've got like two or three episodes left of season three. I'm enjoying it, man. So I'm hoping, you know, a couple weeks I'm finished and I'm going, you know, outside of what we're saying now that it's a damn good season. All right. We've, we've talked way longer than, than I expected. So <laughs> <laughs> let's start to wrap this show up with the Faye Five Questions. Hey, this is Booker T, five-time champ, and this is the Faye Five Questions. Now, can you dig it? All right, question number one for you. Let's go with, that's kind of a favorite of mine now, Step Brothers or Talladega Nights? Step Brothers. Is there any particular reason why? Um, hmm, yeah, I, I love both. I love both. I think I'd go Step Brothers mainly because of, I was in college, I, I was in high school when Talladega Nights came out. I was in college when Step Brothers came out, so it just affected me more. Yeah, they both came out after I was in high school. Yeah, I was. It was my senior year when Talladega Nights came out, and then it was my freshman or sophomore when Step Brothers. So it was more drinking beers and doing redacted stuff and laughing to Step Brothers. Just really is, is stuck with me, bro. I could see. I could see that. I've said before, I'm I'm more Talladega Nights, but it's there is no right or wrong answer. It just kind of uh, yeah, see- love both. It's seeing where people lie, and I'll always say that I think I like Talladega Nights more, mainly because it has the background of NASCAR. I do, and, and again, growing up in Tennessee, that one was a hit. I, I Dude, I probably watched Talladega Nights in theaters two or three times, um, and it, it was it was a hit around here, and it, I, I quote both to this day. I think I only seen it once in theaters, but that was one of those movies that whenever I bought it on DVD... Like I loaned it out to people or I went over to their house and we, we watched it. So I got enough viewing out of it, but yeah, yeah, it was, um, we, we were at the house, um, that when, you know, you, everybody passed out at. So both of those films and Dazed and Confused were the three movies that I felt were kind of on a constant loop after you'd wake up at 
noon and you're there's three people asleep on my floor and how fucking long has Talladega Nights been playing? What is happening? All right, question number two. Let's go with Do you sleep with your door open or closed? Oh man. Um most of the time I, I, closed. I do, I go closed. I was shocked to find out that people slept with their door open. I it's weird if I'm on vacation. Um, like if I'm by the beach, strangely enough, I might sleep with my door open there, but just about anywhere else it's closed. The more, uh, darkness I can get in the room, the better. So, oh, I'm with you there, but I have a cat. So I've learned, uh, it's, uh, it's harder to sleep with a door open. I mean, door closed. So you have to keep it open so the cat can go in and out. Cause if you close the door, it's going to just meow. Yeah. I found that out with Haley. When I stayed with her and her folks, they have. Uh, indoor cat that's very sh- used to open doors and i had like we leave a shoe in the door and i'm like this cat bro <laughs> <laughs> uh question number three let's go with chicago style pizza or new york style pizza holy shit you have a t- you're about to tap into something here um i've actually learned the last couple years that i am 100 percent new york style oh okay what happened? I grew. I, well, I grew up Chicago. I don't know. I, that's what I'm saying. You're tap. I, I figured it out. I grew up. I love Chicago style. I uh, anytime I'm up that way. But here lately, the last couple times we've got it, I haven't enjoyed it as much. And when we were up in Jersey last time, bro, I was like eating my weight in New York style za. So I don't know what <laughs> happened, but it's it's a thing. For me, it's. I, I love more pizza. So I'll I'll always I'll always go with Chicago style over New York, but I mean at the end of the day it's pizza and Bo's pizza is great. So God, yeah, it just depends on like what I'm in the mood for. But yeah, well this will uh, go into question number four because I uh, I want to get your thoughts on this, uh, and it kind of goes with the previous question. How do you feel about ketchup on hot dogs? I am. If, if that's your thing, uh, I've been guilty of it at times. I'm a I'm a mustard um, and other things. I mean, I used to be such a picky eater, but Haley has gotten me into you know relish and just other accoutrement for the hot dog. Uh, I, I'm a mustard guy, but you know what? If you go, I've been guilty to go ketchup and mustard at times. I've done it. I feel like it's a very Midwestern thing, minus one particular area that. It's very common to have ketchup and mustard. Like that's what you're kind of expected. Maybe you throw on the relish. Maybe you throw on onions. Yeah. But yep. like the night, the a wholesome American Midwest hot dog has ketchup and mustard. And then there's that one point in the Midwest that doesn't believe that, and that's called Chicago. And yeah. I was, I always thought they were crazy. Like, oh, let's put on all this stuff on a hot dog. I'm not like that's the only way to have a hot dog. And then I know I mentioned it recently when I went to Black Label Pro, I met up with some friends of mine from Chicago the night before and I was talking with them and I had mentioned like, yeah, I'm going to go to Portillo's and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I've uh, somewhere came along the lines of like, I mentioned I never had their hot dogs, so I didn't know how good they were. And they were both like, try it. Uh, you'll you'll probably you might like it. We've a lot of people are uh, don't aren't believers and they end up liking it. And I was like, well, I don't like onions and I don't like pickles. So I'd probably get it without that. And they're like, honestly, get it with everything. Try yep. it. Yep. Uh, because like if you take a couple things off, that's it's going to give you a completely different taste and you won't like it. 
And I was like, all right, fine. You know, I'll, I'll get them. Like I'll either get it this time or when I go to Indy, cause I know there's Portillo's in Indy. So I get there. I'm just in that mood. I'm like, all right, I'll get it. Holy shit. That shit changed my life. No, same hundred percent. I am a, I'm not a big, as the same way as you, not this or that on my hot dog, pretty basic. But the first time we went there, we, we, I, I said the same exact thing. Like, I want to try it the way they do it. And uh, I think we ate, God, bro, we went back through, like we went through, we ate inside and then went back through the drive through to get more hot dogs for the roads. When we, like we went to Black Label Pro, we did uh, Portillo's before, but we're going to do Portillo's after AIW. Of course, yeah. Which I keep forgetting, uh, this is coming out afterwards, but the plan is, like I said, to do it afterwards. So I might be doing a lot of stuff for the road. Uh, I have learned yes, as much it. as much as I like the chocolate cake shake, get a regular, don't get a large, a large is no, too much. Too much. Those shakes will get you. I've only had the shake once. It was really, really good, but I do, I get so full. I always get, I get one hot dog. I try to get one. We usually split the, uh, one of the Italian beefs. So I'm a, I'm a full boy by the time we get out of there. Oh, uh, dude. When we went, uh, I got the hot dog. I got the Italian beef yep. and the large chocolate yep. cake shake. I yep. got through half of it. And not that I was full. I was just tired of it. I still could have ate more. So, um, so full though. Like, yeah, I just remember being so like, I think I ate two hot dogs and a beef sandwich and I was halfway down, you know, really hammering this shake home. And I'm like, man, you've got to calm down. <laughs> All right. Question number five. We have the Wilkman question and you know, Wilkman uh, do. is Die Hard a Christmas movie. Yeah, for me. Yes. I, I, I know it's controversial. Uh, I, in my house growing up, I we watched it around uh, man, it's the weird thing too. In my house, Home Alone is both a Thanksgiving and a Christmas movie for me. I, obviously, it's a <laughs> Christmas movie, but my mom was like, we always kind of watched Home Alone around Thanksgiving for some reason for her. Um, but yeah, Home Alone, we watched it to this. You know, in my in the Mosley house, if you will, we watch uh, Die Die Hard one and two around Christmas time every year. I'm gonna tell Wolfman you said that. It's okay. Wilkman knows my name, my number, my Twitter. He can get at me. Uh, I, I haven't asked it in a while, uh, but normally when I ask it, I have to report back to him on who says what, just so he, he can know who to be mad about. And so uh, I'll tell him, yep, uh, Moe's Mose is one of those that thinks it's a Christmas movie. But the way I always explain it, too, and I think it's hard to debate this, even though I've had people try, but I'm like, are you not hearing me? I think when people say Christmas movie, what they really mean is holiday movie. And I think as like, yeah, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. If you go with the whole terms of like, it's evolves around like Christmas. But when I think holiday movie, I think of something like the Christmas story or, or something like Jingle All the Way where uh, there's just this essence about Christmas and it's not necessarily ever about like, there's, they're not necessarily action movies. So I, if I have to say that Die Hard's a Christmas movie, I'm going to say it's not a holiday movie, but I think that's where people get mixed up. Yeah, I, I think it's also, too, where we all have our own scope. We see it through, um, you know, I have my own, you know, I have my own feelings for Die Hard around Christmas holiday time that no matter what your science, your voodoo tells me, Wilkman, um, <laughs> 
it, it just it means it does i associate it with christmas for my own reasons you know what i mean so yeah like i, I think you nailed it though i definitely agree that it's a Christmas movie, but I get if you want to say, no, it's not. It's not fucking, you know, The Grinch or anything like that. I would totally agree with that uh, all day. I mean, at the end of the day, too, I'm like, watch whatever you want to watch. If you want to watch Die Hard, you know, all year round, go ahead. If you want to watch Christmas Story all year round, go ahead. I know people who have done it. Uh, it's it's whatever floats your boat. I'm not going to I'm not going to put Die Hard in for Christmas, but you or someone else they might not put in jingle all the way but for me that's my uh christmas eve tradition where we watch it every year and that's something that's accidentally started as a pattern because i just happened to start watching it every christmas eve so i said well i'm noticing this trend so let's just make it official christmas eve is jingle all the way day ours is always a christmas story um christmas story and uh i do watch jingle all the way or try to watch around you know, around the 24th, 25th, but the one, you know, the one tradition, like you're saying for you, uh, mine is uh, I watch, I either watch it Christmas Eve night or Christmas Day morning uh, is uh, a Christmas story. The thing that I'll say about Christmas Story is I think it's that movie that should be on in the background the whole marathon that it's on TV. Like, it, uh, hey, for me growing up, it was, bro. That 24 hours, like me and my brother watched, we would watch it six times, you know, easily over that course. Almost gives you another reason to come to Cleveland so you can go to the Christmas Story house. No, it is. I, I want to go. That was one of, we always, uh, we're not a huge gift giving family, but uh, when we do give each other kind of Christmas shit, it usually revolves like, he gave me uh, one of the lamps one year, the leg lamp, and I gave him, nice. I found this really cool he was always always gave him shit about the uh, the suit the, the bunny suit. So I gave him kind of like a, a little fucking bunny suit thing that was pretty dope. But so it's kind of the family Christmas story thing that um that yeah it, it just I don't know I agree with you. It just it's almost like if you don't have a you know a fireplace next to the the Christmas tree, you could at least have a Christmas story next to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like of all like the really cool. Uh, tourist shit we have that's definitely top three between that that's dope yeah. uh rock and roll hall of fame and the pro football hall of fame <laughs> all three i want to go to that's been one uh i mean my whole life i want to go I, I tell myself every year i'm going to canton i'm going to the hall of fame this year and i haven't made it up yet man but I'm, i'll make it up there one day i know you can get a really good ticket deal if you buy in advance and you're going to both the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they do have combos for those. Christmas Story House is just separate. Like, you'll have a, like, if you can mix in uh, AIW within that weekend, like, you would have an amazing fucking weekend of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I didn't even go until 2016 and I've lived here my whole life. And the, I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think, was uh, built in the 90s. The Pro Football Hall of Fame, I didn't go until 2010. And that has been definitely around my whole life. I just never had a chance to go only through it once, but I've been multiple times. The one thing that I love about it is the fact that you can just go to the gift shop for free. Oh, really? That's dope. Yeah. So if I ever, I'm ever looking for anything like football related, like I can just go there and look around. Like I've done that for like Father's Day gifts and birthday presents for people where it's just like, all right, no, I want to get something football. Boom, go there. So many different options. But yeah, it's. It's a cool. I haven't been there since they, uh, or at least through it to uh, tour it 
since they did like a lot of the really cool additions. So it's it's even been a bucket list for me to, to go there, and I fucking live down the highway from it, probably like a good half hour. No, yeah, it's I've always, I mean, it is one of those. I'd love to go to the Hall of Fame game, but I'm gonna get up there, and uh, shit, I may try to do all that. I know. It's been one I, I never think about, um, but I do want to. I would love to visit the fucking house up there, bro. That'd be one that I'd have over my brother for sure. And the thing that they don't really tell you too, across the street, there's a mini museum for the for the house oh, where there's where there's a, like a lot of props and things that were in the movie or used in the movie, and then there's a huge. I don't want to say huge, but a really good sized gift shop. Oh like, shit. So when you come up here, make sure you got enough money. Well, I, I try to wherever I go. I know no matter where you're at, someone's always wanting that money. <laughs> All right. Question number six, because for Booker T, Faye five, there's six. Uh, for you, let's go with what do you think uh, the Titans record will be at the end of 2021 or end of uh, this year going into 2021? Oh, if if we uh, have a regular season. Whew. We were nine and seven last year. I'm gonna say, let's say a game better. Let's go a ten and six playoff Titan team. Do they make it to the AFC Championship game? Oh boy, um, I think they can. Do they? I'm gonna be. I'm, I, I I should be the guy that says no, but I'm gonna go with my 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 pride and say they. They found a way to do it two years in a row behind Derrick Henry and efficient Ryan Tannehill, and they shocked the world by getting there. That's as far as I'll go. Okay, I wasn't going to let you go any further than that because it's just <laughs> – I think – I mean, the AFC is in general is – there's a lot of competition and yeah, I mean, a lot of wild cards. I would – a lot of wild cards. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens, you know, were a little better this year after what happened last year. I wouldn't be shocked at this and that. So yeah, it's. I, I I hope we get a season because it feels very open. I just want to see the Browns do good. I'd. I would, it, I'd love that too, man. As it, long as it doesn't fuck with the Titans. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Titans Browns AFC Championship game. Imagine that. I would take it for the love of LeBron, and that's where he's from. Uh, I would take it so I'd know either me or you and LeBron James would be happy going to bed that night, and I'm cool with that. I could see you and Stoney. Why did Justin block us? Be like, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't know. He would be like, why did he do it? And I'd be like, I don't know, man, but like LeBron James blocked me too. But I'm, I just <laughs> broke my heart. <laughs> All right, man. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? No, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I appreciate it. Anytime you're down this way, you know, holler at us. Uh, you know, if anyone listening doesn't, uh, please follow me at SobroMoes on Twitter. And uh, I'll see you guys at a wrestling show soon, hopefully. Any plugs for the Sobros Network and for Checks and Championships? Yeah, definitely at Sobros Network, uh, at Checks and Championships on Twitter, definitely. Um, I'm going to shout out real quick, since I got the a minute, uh, at Action Wrestling, at TWE Wrestling, at AIW, um, all these places, man, are just putting on good shows, or at least trying to do it safely, and, uh, and shout out the right places, you know? And shout out to all the talent that we love. We've mentioned a lot of you. Yes. And there's there's yes. probably a bunch of others that we're we're missing, but uh the the love that we share between both uh wrestling cheers and sobros is just there's it's a lot. Oh yeah. No, we're intertwined's a great word. There's so much 
Uh, again, your talent up your way, the talent down here that we just we see each other. We're around each other's people a lot. And then whenever we do get to get together, man, it's always a good time and it's always great energy. And yeah, um, yeah, shout out everybody. Everybody in the wrestling community, man, it's it's a beautiful place and a, a beautiful community to be a part of. And uh, and you're a part of that, man. And yeah, wrestling cheers. It's it's been really cool to be on here, man. I've been listening for a minute, and uh, and you know me and Stony always got your back, bro. Likewise, likewise, I do love like a lot of the the true love and hospitality I have felt from uh, Nashville area and SoBros. I like I I mean I've been called a honorary SoBro. I do have my uh, grandmother who grew up in Tennessee, so that's my roots. So it's it's really close and. Uh, I'll always remember coming down there the beginning of last year and like I'll even say with Stoney uh, we never met face to face he invites me into his house or his apartment on the fucking fourth floor <laughs> I'm literally standing at the door <sighs> but we, we still had like a three four hour conversation and like like that type of stuff you don't necessarily find uh, anywhere everywhere but uh like you're kind of in, in with that too. Like we've had minor uh, Twitter interactions, but like walking into Basement East was when I think we've we first officially met, and like it was it was like we knew each other, and that's how we've we've all built on that. I'm someone who prides myself with a lot of the the Sobro stuff, and um, I think pretty much the only thing I don't support of Sobros is the uh, is the the Titan stuff, but it's just I don't know. Just, <coughs> no, I. It's, I get it. I, I, we, we don't, we'll be down here with our Titan stuff. You can do your Brown stuff and we'll, we'll fuck with each other on everything else, man. Um, we know we always appreciate your support, dude, for real. And of course, you can find myself at Heavy Set 330 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers email. If you so choose a desired wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said, please rate, review, and subscribe. Your ever listeners find podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, wrestling cheers.podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam. Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, Virtual Pros, The Indie Cast, Center of the Universe, Sobros Network, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Spotlight Series, <coughs> Fully Posable, The Chick Foley Show, Positively Pro Wrestling, Row One, Seat One, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Marks with Mikes, and The Dark Match Podcast. Check out our other non-podcast friends such as Fistor Jobber, the Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Happy Guy with Steve Guy, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, Good Company, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Unless you're a Cubs fan. Fuck you. Later. Break all your worries, sure would help a lot. 
Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows